0: Welcome to another episode of the Family Discipleship Podcast. I'm your host, Christian Horstman, and my prayer for you is that the Lord would be pleased to bless this show and use it to provide you as a Christian parent with gospel-centered, grace-driven ideas and encouragement for shepherding your children's hearts and cultivating your family's relationships with Jesus and with each other. For today's conversation, we're going to be talking about why parents need to answer their children's questions about christianity and i'm pleased to welcome mr israel wayne from family renewal to this episode of the show Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with him he is an author and conference speaker who has a passion for defending the christian faith promoting a biblical worldview Uh, since 1995 he has traveled the nation speaking on family homeschooling revival discipleship and cultural issues he's written articles for many christian and homeschooling magazines and websites the author of several different books and also the editor for ChristianWorldview.net and the founder of FamilyRenewal.org. He and his wife, Brooke, are both homeschool graduates themselves, which I love, and they have 11 homeschooled children. His true desire is to see God's people learn to think and live biblically with both the head and the heart and to take every thought captive and make it obedient for Jesus Christ. Um, So after the show, I'd encourage you to check out his websites and uh, social media, and I will have all the links to that in the show notes so today let's talk about why parents need to answer their children's questions about christianity so you know your your children um you know it's no secret that children today are being bombarded from every angle um, all kinds of anti-christian influences you know maybe more than ever before uh so you know even christian and, and homeschool families aren't totally uh, immune from all the cultural impacts that you know living in the 21st century is bringing about so today let's talk a little bit about uh you know this topic of children's questions about christianity the biblical worldview. And how can uh, parents equip their children to stand firm so they aren't swept away by all those uh, uh, negative cultural influences? So, um yeah, let's just jump into the conversation. All right. well, thank you, Christian.
1: It's a blessing yeah. to be on your yeah. podcast. Uh, I love the introduction to your show because all the things that you mentioned there are really my heart's passion and what I've been about for about thirty years now. And um, you know, as my, as you said, my wife and I have eleven children, so This is real relevant to us. And, you know, I I guess I'll go back to when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. I was 17 years old and I walked into a Christian bookstore and I felt strangely drawn to a book that I ended up purchasing. And it was a big investment for me at the time as a teenager. It was like $15 or something (laughs) like that. And um, it was a book on parenting, which was strange as to why I would want this book. Um, But it was by Josh McDowell and it was called Right from Wrong. And I read that book, and it changed my world, because in it, he talked about biblical worldview, and he talked about Christian apologetics, and he talked about how we need to teach children the why behind the what. You know, not just teach them the Bible, but to teach them what makes the Bible true, and to help them to understand how there are defensible answers to the Christian faith. And it unlocked this whole world of Christian apologetics and eventually biblical theology and yeah, study of just things that I had never encountered within my church culture. And I had grown up in an evangelical church culture. I'd been in Sunday school. I'd been in youth group. I had been through uh, the programs that were available in, uh, in in Big Eva, as we might call it, you know, the evangelical church machine. Right. And yet, I had never been introduced to those things. And I didn't know why my beliefs were true, and I didn't have a way to be able to defend Christianity. And so from that book, I started to find out about other authors, and I started to read more broadly. And I remember being rather righteously angry at 17, 18 years old, and thinking, why did my church not equip me? And why did we really not even learn Bible doctrine? You know, we heard Bible stories and we had little motivational speeches. Right. Uh, we played a lot of games. We had a lot of pizza. We had a lot of junk food. And it was, it was very much entertainment oriented.
0: There's no apologetics and to it. There's no...
1: Nothing, yeah. It just, right. I mean, I was... And so I felt so deficient. And when I realized that there were answers and that Christianity could be defended... Then I I asked myself the question, why did they not tell us these things? Was it A, because they didn't know about this themselves? And if that's true, then in my view, they're not qualified to be church leaders. Or maybe they knew all this stuff and they withheld it from us and just didn't give us this. And they gave us some cheap substitutes in exchange. And in my view at that time, you know, I thought that would make them evil. <laughs> and so I had this conundrum <laughs> where I almost had a crisis of belief, not against God, but against the church,
0: right. right?
1: you know, that these people are either inept or they're malevolent and either way, they shouldn't be church leaders. Nope. Now, you know, growing up and and you get to be older and you have a little bit more hindsight and I'm w- willing to give people more of a benefit <laughs> of the doubt you know that their motives were probably quite good and they probably you know had the best in mind for us um and and we're probably you know hopefully doing the best that they that they could at the time but yeah i think we can do better so <laughs> I guess what, when you know, and I'm thinking about how to answer that question of why, why is it important? I mean, I just felt it in my own life. I felt the lack of not having it. And I know it's led a lot of students to believe, when, especially once they get to university, that Christianity is not defensible and that there aren't answers. And it has shipwrecked a lot of uh, young adults as they begin to move into a larger world when they're confronted with questions especially if they go to their parents and church leaders and they don't get good answers, they assume sometimes that there aren't good answers and that can lead them down a path away from Christianity. So I, I think it's super important for our children to grow up knowing that, that Christianity makes sense and that it's, it's rational and it's defensible.
0: It is. Yeah. And I, I always like to, you know, cause some people are like, well, you know, you know, answer questions like, you know, what is the most important question, you know, we could answer, but know ultimately whatever question you're trying to answer whether it's about faith or worldview or you know anything um ultimately you want to have a biblical standard and so ultimately the biggest question you need to answer is you know why do you believe the bible is true (laughs) you know if if you know that's our standard for everything so if we're going to answer everything on that well ultimately it's going to come down to you know okay but why you know why do we take that as true and why you know why do we believe that is true so yeah Yeah, absolutely Yeah. So would you say, you know, um, probably kind of an obvious question, but but uh, comparing like you're growing up and, uh, you know, with children today, do you think uh, they're more or less exposed to things that contradict, you know, a biblical worldview? Well, I'm going to answer that two ways. Mm
1: -hmm. I'm going to say compared to when I was growing up in the 80s, and I would say way more than the generation that grew up in the 60s, -hmm. um, we have, okay, the 50s, let's go 50s. Um, we have dualistically far more assaults against Christianity today than we did in the 80s. Uh, And we did had far more in the 80s than in the 50s, right? But we also have far more resources to give us a proper defense today than we had in the 80s, and especially than what we had in the 50s. So if you go back to the 1950s and you try to find resources on biblical creationism or Christian apologetics, there's very little. There just wasn't much of a genre for that in those days. And so I I love the fact that we have just uh, an abundance of quality resources today that really do answer all sorts of questions. And some of them are free. So like I have a huge library. I don't even know how many books, but you know, probably two to four thousand books, something like mm-hmm. that, that I uh, reference. And I, I have a large apologetics uh, section that I love to to draw from. Right. But there's even great websites like, uh, and and I'll I'll run a disclaimer. Say so I don't believe everything on every page of every website. Obviously, I would have doctrinal differences here and there with these websites. But um, but but sites like GotQuestions.org. They've answered almost every theological question on the planet. It's phenomenal. Or uh, Grace to You, gty.org, John MacArthur's site, or desiringgod.org by John Piper, um, or answersingenesis.org, or uh, Stand to Reason, Greg Kokel's uh, organization, or CARM.org, C-A-R-M, that's Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, CARM.org. There's just so many of these uh, ministries and organizations that have just Uh, Ligonier.org, R.C. Sproul's uh, former ministry. These have hundreds and hundreds of articles that answer all of these questions about if God is good, why is there evil and suffering in the world? And how do we know the Bible is true? And, you know, so many resources. And those are all free. And so there's amazing uh, resources at our disposal if you know where to go look. I even have a Christian apologetic site That I've developed that's kind of like a launching pad. It's almost like a yellow pages to help you find other sites. Um, It's called ChristianWorldView.net. And so there are just so many wonderful resources now, thank God. So I I think that, yes, the assault from the world is so much worse than it was even when I was growing up in the eighties. We're dealing, our kids are dealing with things that. We never even really knew her things or issues right, right, <laughs> back in exactly. that in those days, well, and yeah. and my generation was so much worse than the fifties, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so yes, you know the world, uh, you know the enemy has come in like a flood, but the Lord is raising up a standard or uh, a bulwark against the enemy, and so yeah. I'm grateful that that dualistically we have more opposition to Christianity now. Than in the fifties, but we also have way more resources for those that will seek it out and avail themselves yeah. of it.
0: Amen. Yeah. That's, I think it's a very, very balanced, uh, you know, uh, you know, cause some, it's easy sometimes like, you know, the world's a terrible place, you know, this, everything's going downhill. <laughs> it's like, you know, it can be easy to get discouraged and, and, and stuff like that. But, but you're right. You know, there is, you know, God is raising up many, um, you know, powerful people and ministries to, to, you know, be a, a witness for truth. Kind of reminds me, I was actually reading in a, the book of Zachariah the other day and, uh, you know, in Zechariah 1, you know, the prophet seeing, you know, all these forces of evil basically coming against, you know, God's people in his day. And, you know, God assures him, he's like, you know, got these horns, you know, symbolized by the horns, you know, the four horns in Zechariah 1. And, you know, but right when those those horns show up to, you know, oppress the people of God or, you know, take down the people of God, God raised up the, you know, carpenters or the you know the workmen to, you know, smash those those forces and, you know, keep his people strong and build them up. So, yeah, I really love that. It's a very balanced way to put that. You know, put in perspective for us, I think. So, uh, so switching, you know, gears a little bit to maybe your own family more personally. Like, what what kind of questions have have your children brought to you that have you know maybe surprised you or maybe you weren't expecting, and you know, made you stop and think. Hmm, you know, maybe I need to, <laughs> you know, what like, things like that. So,
1: yeah, yeah, I actually have a, a book um, that I've written that's called "Raising Them Up: Parenting for Christians," and I, I think it's in this book um, that I have a whole list of questions that my teenage daughter brought to me one time um when she she just emailed me because I I travel a lot and sometimes I can be on the on the move I can be a little bit of a moving target if you will a little hard to get a hold of so she just emailed me these questions it was like I don't know 20 30 questions of just all, all these different big theological questions and life questions and and you know I thought, wow, what what an opportunity and what a privilege that God is giving me as a father to be able to be the source of information for that. and yeah. uh, and and the great thing about again, having websites and resources is if I get stumped, um, there are people who have answered these questions from the scriptures, yeah. right? And so I can go and research better minds than my own and help to provide answers. But I think for her, I'll just get real personal. Um, I don't think I'm speaking out of school. I, don't, I mean, her her health struggles have been kind of public, so I don't think she would mind me saying this. But from the time she was 12 years old, my oldest daughter, um, she just had a lot of chronic health issues. And so, you know, when she was about 18, uh, especially, um, she was struggling. She got dis- diagnosed with Lyme disease and and had some other conditions as well. Uh, some mold and mycotoxin toxicity and things like that. And I think what she was struggling with, um, among a lot of other questions, was, you know, why would God allow these types of things to happen to me? Like, did I do something wrong? Um, Is God angry at me? Um, Why would God have me be sick, like, my whole teenage years? That doesn't make sense and, uh, you know, if God is good and he's loving and he's able to remove this and take it away, and yet he chooses not to, why is that? And and how can we reconcile a good and loving God who allows evil and suffering to come upon someone, even if it's not their fault? Um, and these are just the classic Theological questions, right? They're the ones right. that Job struggled with. They're the ones that all the great theologic, theologians and philosophers through the ages have struggled with. And, um, you know, and, and I think that there are two um, ways that we approach that. The one with my daughter is to say, yes, there's, there's sound theological answers to these questions. But the sound theological answer doesn't always make us feel better. Like it still hurts. Yeah. And we still have the emotional pain of the struggle, and so I think it's okay to acknowledge the struggle. The psalmist did that. David did it, and Asaph did it, and he said, "I don't like this. Yes. It doesn't feel good. <laughs> this hurts. Right. And can we just not do this? Could you take this away?" Right. You know, and the Apostle Paul had oh, those yeah. prayers. Mm-hmm. Like, Can't keep can the flesh, right? Away? <laughs> yeah. Right? And Jesus, can you let this cup pass from me? Right. Um, there, there's a sense in which we don't have to be masochists. We don't have to enjoy suffering. Yeah. But at the same point, we have to be willing to say, as Jesus did, not my will, but yours, or to accept the answer that Paul received of my grace is sufficient for you. Or, or sometimes even the somewhat harsher answer that Job received, which is, you know, there's two of us in this conversation. One of us is God, and it's not you. Yeah. I mean, like, that's kind of, you know, that's, yeah. a, that's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, but it's, at any it is, point, yeah. That's <laughs> true, and yeah. so you know, ha- just helping her through the emotional aspect of it too. So I think that for us as parents, that that's something that we have to be willing to do too is is answer the intellectual questions, but also just to learn how to be a comfort to our children amidst pain, because um, there are things that they they won't understand and maybe don't make sense uh, intellectually and rationally, and like you know, and even if they make sense on paper, it still doesn't feel right. It just feels like. The world's not supposed to be like this. And there's not supposed to be hurt and betrayal and loss and you know suffering and 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 that's all answerable too. It theologically, is, yes. you're right. It's not supposed to be like this. It's broken, but but we as Christians have the answer for why. Everybody knows the world's broken, but we have the reason why. So exactly. I think helping our children to understand the intellectual questions, but also deal just with the existential reality of what it means to walk through difficult search situations uh, with faith intact and that faith doesn't mean we just shut our brains off, but it also means that sometimes this will just never feel okay to us. And what we have to do is we have to trust that God is who he says he is and that he is working a bigger plan that we may not ever understand and learning how to be okay with that is something we all have to learn how to do.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, let's take just a quick break um, and then I, I'll come back and uh, I'd like to talk with you a little bit more about, you know, why, you know, talking about answering your children's questions. i like to talk a little bit about why, um, you know, it's, it's important for parents to be answering those questions versus letting our children find answers uh, somewhere else. So we'll be right back. Shortly after the British pastor G. Campbell Morgan got married, his father visited their London apartment for dinner. Dr. Morgan eagerly asked for his father's thoughts on their new home. After a moment of silent reflection, he told his son, It's very nice, but I didn't see one thing in it to indicate that it's a Christian home. The decorations we choose for our home serve as visual expressions of our passions and commitments. When scripture verses fill prominent places that are easily seen around our house, it becomes unmistakably clear that our home is a place where Jesus is loved and his presence dwells. Immersing our families in the Word of God should be an important part of our daily lives, which is why I want to share a beautiful set of Bible verse posters to help your family do just that by showcasing 12 beloved quotations from the words of Jesus in the Gospel of John. Each poster features a carefully selected verse highlighted in a vibrant background that will add beauty and biblical inspiration to the walls of your home. So head over to familydiscipleshippodcast.net/john to see all the designs and for listeners of this show you can use the code PODCAST to unlock a special 20% discount just for my listeners here. These posters are available for immediate download so you can print them, frame them and hang them in prominent places around your house. Go to familydiscipleshippodcast.net/john Use the code podcast for 20% off and mark your home as a sanctuary where the Lord's word is loved and treasured as the foundation of your family's relationship with him. All right, and we are back. And uh, so we've been talking a little bit about answering our children's questions, um, you know, presenting them with the biblical answers to things, you know, like, uh, you know, why do you know, suffering and things like that happen in this world. And I love how you said, you know, world is a broken place. Everyone acknowledges that. Everyone, you know, in their heart knows that, you know, this is not the way things are supposed to be, but we as Christians have the answer, you know, and we have that answer in the Bible. So can you talk just for a couple minutes about, you know, why is it important for, you know, parents? You know, God is, you know, obviously appointed parents to be, you know, the children's, you know, disciplers and upbringers. So why is it important for, you know, parents to be answering those questions for their children instead of, you know, other sources?
1: Well, my children are all homeschooled, so they have a little more sheltered environment than children who go to traditional public schools. But when I talk to youth workers, they say that the number one question that they get asked by teenagers today is about sexuality. And so particularly in the government school system, these children are being confused at such an early age about gender identity and they're being pushed a narrative. Um, that is intentionally confusing them. Mm -hmm. And so um, if we don't, as parents, answer those questions, then, as you say, the culture will. Mm -hmm. Uh, Someone else is going to be informing them. And I, I find that increasingly because of the saturation of many of those ideas within our culture, it's encroaching even into conservative families, even those who homeschool. Um, it, it's You can't just create a bubble where these ideas don't find their way to your children. Right. And so having these conversations is very important and letting the, the scripture be the standard as opposed to uh, emotions or, you know, the world's definition of compassion or whatever. And so, yeah, I believe it's it's super important that we as Christian parents Um, take responsibility for the full training of our children. And I'm a big homeschool advocate. People who have followed my work know that. Mm -hmm. But I want to be real clear about what I mean when I promote homeschooling. I don't merely mean take your kids out of school and then give them a public school education at home. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm promoting what this podcast, what your podcast, Christian, (laughs) is all about, which is the discipleship of our children, which is equipping them and training them with a biblical worldview, uh, teaching them how to think and live according to scripture. So I know many families today who are quote unquote homeschooling, but they're not doing that. And so to me, I don't think Jesus gets all that excited about somebody, you know, bringing a child out of a brick and mortar school and replicating a, a pagan humanistic educational system in a home. You know, I don't think Jesus yeah. is all about that. I think yeah. Jesus is very much about fathers and mothers doing a, a Deuteronomy 6, Proverbs 22, 6 approach of training and discipling our children in, in the way they should go. And so that's what, you know, family renewal, what my ministry is about. And it's very much about helping to um, to help parents to to be intentional about the time that we have with our children. And homeschooling is a great opportunity for you to buy influence, to buy time, right, which, right. which equals <laughs> influence. Right. Right. And so, right. you know, you get those thousands of hours the 10,000 hours of school, uh, seat hours back. So that's powerful, but then you have to make the most of it. And that's why I appreciate your work, uh, because that's what you're encouraging parents to do, uh, to be intentional about that time.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, no, I know. I I kind of talked about that before in, in other places too. It's like, you know, Um, you know, especially I think, uh, you know, the last couple of years, you know, all the drama that's been going on the last couple of years and more parents have been pulling their, their children out of school, um, you know, the traditional school. Um, But yeah, I've kind of noticed that too, where it's like, you know, it's not just, you know, pulling them to your kitchen table instead and unboxing, you know, the, you know, secular school system all over in your own house. That's right. It's it's way more than that. So yeah, I love that. I love that. So um, yeah, we're almost out of time today, but uh, I did want to talk, for a couple minutes about uh, your book that uh, I believe it just rolled off the press like a month or two ago. Um, it's called- um, really, Found- We just got it last week, yeah. Oh, so did you? Okay, good, yeah, I, I've been seeing it. Yes, okay, awesome. So it's called Foundational Truths. is that right? That's correct. Okay, tell us about yeah, it. Yeah, and it's,
1: it's, a, um, it's a, a catechism that is written really for the modern reader. And some people don't know what catechism is, and I, I just realized I'm gonna have to go on social media and explain myself a little bit because people mm-hmm. are increasingly asking me, oh, are you Catholic? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, catechism really just means question and answer, right. and so it's a format whereby the Christian Church has taught uh, new believers and especially children um, the truths of Scripture and the truths of Bible doctrine. Martin Luther actually wrote the first Protestant catechism for children, and most Protestant churches had a tradition of using catechism to teach children for centuries. It's I don't know exactly what it because different churches dropped it off at different times. But it feels to me like after the Civil War, when the Sunday school movement ramped up, that the modern Sunday school movement is kind of what killed the use of catechism in the church, because denominations started writing their own Sunday school quarterlies and so forth, and that that ended up replacing catechism as a method of teaching. But basically, this book just goes through like the, the top 52 Bible doctrine questions, and it's it's really beautiful uh, inside master published it and they just, oh, it's all four color glossy and, uh, you know, really wonderful graphics. And so it goes through the top 52 questions of Bible doctrine and it gives answers from scripture. So basically inside, you know, there will be um, on a particular scripture verse, there will be references that are given um, that are color coded so that people know that this is actually from the Bible. And then no, no. all the scriptures are listed over here. Uh, we use King James Version, but you know families could use whatever version they, uh, they find works best for them. But right. the book itself, we actually put the scriptures in the text itself. There's usually five or six verses that go along with each question. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a person giving their opinion about the answers. The wording for the catechism answers... Are for the most part just drawn from the actual words of scripture that. and so it's a great resource for bible memory um <clears throat> we're we're hoping families will use it as a supplement to their family uh to, to devotions or family worship time right. and so uh, we're really excited about it people can get that at our website familyrenewal.org okay. and if you order from our website um we will sign it i will sign it uh personally for you it's something amazon won't do and <laughs> uh, I I encourage people, I I often say people don't know this, but like, if you buy my book on our website, it's $20. If you buy it on Amazon, it's $20. But if you buy it on Amazon, I make like $1.50. Amazon keeps almost all the profits and that's widely on the world. So if you want to support Christian ministries, buy the books from the the authors or the Christian publishers themselves. And uh, so I encourage you to check
0: that resource out. I think it'll be a blessing to you. Yeah, I'd rather buy it from you than Jeff Bezos anyway. So <laughs> yeah, he's doing okay. He'll, he'll be he fine. Yes, yeah, he will. He will. So awesome. Well, yes, I, and I will have the link uh, to uh, it's it's on your website, and I'll put the link to that directly in the show notes as well, so that people can check that out. Um, so, yeah, do you do you have any final word of uh, you know quick encouragement or inspiration for our listeners before we wrap up? Yeah, I would
1: encourage people to um, connect with me and what I'm doing on social media uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, uh, X, uh, LinkedIn, wherever, just look up Israel Wayne or family renewal. And, uh, we have a podcast as well that you can search for. Just look up family renewal. It's on uh, YouTube or wherever you listen to audio podcasts, family renewal right. podcast. Um, if you want to know what I'm speaking in your area, you can go to familyrenewalorg forward slash subscribe. Um, that would be a way for us to keep in touch with you. And, um, Lots of resources. So we have a web store. Um, We also have a lot of articles at familyrenewal.org. And so we would love to be able to um, keep in touch with you. We also have a family discussion, a parenting discussion group on Facebook that's called Raising Them Up Parenting for Christians, which is the name of my parenting book. So if you go if you do Facebook, you can go there, uh, look up that group and join our parenting discussion group. It's uh, about six thousand families in there, uh, but it it tends to be very positive, and yeah, <laughs> you know, not a lot of drama. We try to just uh, encourage each other and help each other, uh, as opposed to um, you know, needless arguing. So, so uh, I think you'll find it to be a positive community. And I uh, thank you, Christian, for um, welcoming me here and letting me yeah. share a little bit about uh, what the Lord is is teaching my wife and I as we we're discipling our eleven children. And we're all in this together. We're all growing. We're all learning. Nobody's got it completely figured out. We all make mistakes, but thankfully we have uh, the word of God, which is um, authoritative and we can bank our life on that. So Amen. we're not directionless. That's the good news.
0: Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, yes. Thank you so much for, for being a part of this today. It's, it's a pleasure. Well, definitely. <laughs> Listening to the Family Discipleship Podcast, I truly hope that you've been blessed and encouraged by the things we've covered today, and I'd love to hear your feedback, questions, or even suggestions for a particular guest or topic that you would like to see featured on a future episode. Feel free to email host at Family Discipleship Podcast.net, and don't forget to follow the show on social media and subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss new episodes as they're released. I hope you'll be able to join us again next week, but in the meantime, I pray that the Lord will continue to bless your family as you endeavor to shepherd your children's hearts and cultivate your family's relationships with Jesus and with each other.